survived, but many now had calves at their side. Ben and Joe Weber were ambitious and hard-working, the kind that men were proud to ride for, and they were counting on these Texas Longhorns to build the ranch into one of the biggest, if not the biggest ranch, in Montana. When he told them he was leaving, Joe, the silent brother, had simply nodded, but Ben had said, I reckon you're aiming to head back to Texas. They were all from Texas, including the Weber brothers, but only he and Richards and Boone had actually been born and raised there. Richards and Boone had headed back in early October, Richards declaring it wouldn't be more than a month before they'd be butt-deep in snow with a cold wind whistling up their shirt tails. He'd been right about that. None of the men had talked about leaving then, nor did the talk turn that way when spring finally arrived. But during the winter, they'd all remembered Texas as being as close to God's country as a man could get. Last winter, out breaking up ice in the creek for the stock to drink, Stub Willet had joked about writing his name in the snow. He said he reckoned that if he was to haul out his writing instrument and let loose, he'd end up with a yellow icicle hanging off the end of it. Tom Lickin allowed as how his name-writing thing of a bob was so shriveled up with the cold, he doubted if he'd be able to find the dang thing come spring. He also bet that even hell would freeze over if it ever came to Montana. Josh had grinned, hearing them grumble and gripe. He wasn't too crazy about the snow and cold either, but what struck him each time was how he'd miss the easy give and take, the bantering common among these men, and the hands he'd worked alongside when he'd ridden for Mrs. Rollins' lazy R. It was times like those that he doubted his notion of a self-imposed exile. "'I'll head on west for a ways.' He'd told Ben, see that new park they call the Yellowstone. Ben had snorted, sure puzzling to me why the government would make a park out of some chunk of land just cause it's got waterfalls and steaming hot pools. Who the hell's gonna go there just to see waterfalls and steaming hot pools? <laughs> me for one, Josh had told him, grinning. A horse's shrill whinny rose up from the ranch below, and his horses lifted their heads and whickered, ears pricked forward. Josh could see one of the hands in the corral working with a black horse. He was too far away to be sure, but he thought the man looked like Jeb Callahan. Jeb had called him Teach, and got the men to teasing him about always having his nose in a book. They were uneducated men when it came to books, but experts in handling horses and cattle, and in reading tracts. He had taken a liking to poetry, and once mentioned that he had memorized a poem. He never mentioned poetry again. If he'd said he was planning to rope the moon, they'd have understood that a whole lot better. He grinned to himself and straightened in the saddle. Gathering the reins, he urged Shadow up into the timbered hills. Top, on his lead rope, followed close behind. It took him nearly two weeks to reach the Yellowstone. 
Seeing no one on the way and seeing no one the week he spent in the park, he thought of Ben Weber's words. Who in the hell's gonna go just to see waterfalls and steaming pools? And had to smile, for it appeared he was the only one. The waterfalls were spectacular, one in particular falling from incredible heights down canyon walls to the river below. He found the deep, hot pools and the geysers interesting, but he was anxious to travel on to the Pacific, where he planned to settle within sight of the ocean. Until he was eight years old, he'd lived with his mother in the Texas seacoast town of Indianola, and most of that time he'd spent playing alone on the shoreline, going in and out of the waters of Matagorda Bay. His mother had not allowed him to play with other children, neither the white children like both his fathers had been, the one she made up.